Who stood out at the Senior Bowl that'll fit the Steelers' needs in the NFL Draft? We'll talk about that, do our first mock draft of the season, as well as address your calls and some final grades on the linebackers, all here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $200 back in bonus bets if you if you hit on your first bet of $5. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, everyone, the Senior Bowl happened this past weekend, and we've kind of kept a little bit of tabs, but I want to take a quick step back to look at some of the positions of need. And I think the Senior Bowl brought some good news to the Steelers and their offseason hopes of adding to their roster. Granted, I don't think that was the case at quarterback, and if you're hoping the Steelers find their quarterback in this NFL draft class, more power to you. But I think that the Steelers definitely have needs across the roster, and for a lot of those needs, there were some interesting results that I thought came up, uh, came up for the came out for the Steelers and guys that they were able to look at. Now we did talk about how Mike Tomlin was in Mobile and who he was looking at closely, and obviously offensive linemen are there, and that might be the crux of it. Is that the Steelers definitely got to look at what's being considered a very good offensive line class, and not just good for the sense of that the top guys are really good. But good for that, that there, there are a lot of top guys who are really good, but also a lot of depth who guys who are really good guys that will be there on day two of the draft. And that could make it really intriguing because, in my opinion, the Steelers could really benefit themselves if they're able to double dip and get the offensive line in this draft. And that's an offensive tackle, either right or left and a center. I know some of you probably thinking like, wait a second, Chris, what do you mean right or left tackle? They already have a left tackle on Broderick Jones. Just moving back to left. Hear me out. If the Steelers get a prime left tackle in this draft class what do you care if it's broderick jones or that prime left tackle in the left tackle spot if both of them are playing well and they're at either left or right just see who's the better one at each spot and go from there i think that's the that's the answer here the steelers need to go for is they need to go get two offensive linemen in this draft unless they sign one in free agency but let's be real offensive linemen worth their salt in free agency don't come cheap and i think the steelers it would really help them for what they're doing with their roster to find two guys in this draft class. And again, this draft class appears to be good. Now, there's obvious guys like Jackson Powers Johnson, who, according to everyone that I I pay attention to, who covers the Senior Bowl, who went to the Senior Bowl, was in Mobile, um, and we'll we'll have Alan Saunders on later this week to, to to get a follow up from him. But he even said it, you know, when he was on the show last week, Jackson Powers Johnson might have been the biggest winner of the Senior Bowl. He dominated. He was at center and guard. Dominated both situations, looks really great. Uh, his tape shows a really strong guy who knows how to use his hands, knows how to use his, his feet. Um, I think that if the Steelers want Jackson Powers Johnson, they absolutely have to take him at 20. I think they can get him at 20. Um, just looking at where centers are normally taken in the NFL draft, that's around the range. And it would take someone either ahead of the Steelers taking him or someone jumping ahead of the Steelers. 
And if that happens, I still think they'd have a shot at a guy like Zach Frazier out of West Virginia, who I think they'd also really like. But Jackson Powers Johnson, to me, is a, is a really good dude right there. Now, the question will be, you know, who else do they get with him? And if you look at offensive tackle, there's quite a few guys that are that are, that are caught catch people's eyes. Two guys that really impressed there were Tyler Guyton of Oklahoma, uh, who is just a physically huge athlete he's six he's six seven three twenty eight moves very well uh very raw as a player alan talked about him on our show last week um so he's he's one of those guys but also um if you if you look if you look around and you see you know at, at the offensive tackle position um oregon state tylius fuaga um he's another offensive tackle who i think is more well-rounded now my opinion, Fuaga is going to probably go top 15. I think he's going to go in the range that Broderick Jones was. So I'm not sure if they could get him, but Guyton might be raw enough that he falls down to that range. And if the Steelers prefer to get a tackle than a center at 20, that could be an option there. But there's also depth guys that go further down into this, this, this tackle class who could be worth a look. And again, they're not as polished guys, but still, if you could get a very good offensive tackle in the second round, that could still be something that works works in your advantage if you're the Steelers. If you remember, Marcus Gilbert was a very underrated and very good offensive tackle for the Steelers, and he was taking in the second round. I believe it was the 2012 draft. I might be missing. I think it was the second round of that draft. Um, you know, but uh, you, you, I mean, you're, if you're picking a center, that means you're missing out on Fuaga, on J.C. Latham of, of Alabama, probably on Amarius Mims of Georgia. But if you go to that second round, guys like Patrick Paul out of Houston, if he's there, that could work. Troy Faltano out of, out of Washington. He, he's another one that you could look at. Kingsley Suamataya out of BYU. Those are the guys that you're that you're talking about ranging in that area to take them. So those are the options there. Other players that kind of stood out. Um, I think one person that universally everyone's talking about as far as a skill player is Roman Wilson, the wide receiver out of Michigan, looked like he had really solid hands and looked like an amazing route runner. And honestly, I think if you added a really good route runner to the Steelers offense, that would make it a big asset. He could be the perfect complement to George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. And with Johnson's contract ending up this year, uh, after this year, excuse me, he could that could be the option to keep a really good route runner on the team if he comes in and he shows that at a high level as a rookie and then continues to develop. So options are available there. So Roman Wilson there. I also think that there was an interesting mix of safeties shown at, at the senior bowl. Um, two guys that I've had my eyes on, and I think you know, impressed enough at, at safety, Tyke Smith out of Georgia and Cam Kinchins out of Miami. Both of these guys, I, I've kind of keep a kept an eye on. I think they'd be really good day two picks for the Steelers. Um, and if you could get a good athletic safety to pair with Mika Fitzpatrick without, you know, having to pay, uh, you know, a lot in your salary cap, that could be in, in a way to, you know, make the safety position complete again. Uh, and then, you know, have a safety who can play a role that allows Mika Fitzpatrick to get back to his roaming role as a, as a free safety. Um, and also at cornerback, you know, guys like Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo, who I think is pushing himself into the first round conversation. Also guys like Kyrie Jackson out of Oregon. I think that there's, there's guys there who I think could certainly make, uh, you know, make, make some noise there. And there's other players at other positions, but those were guys that seemed to be standouts at the senior bowl. And with that, I wanted to start off the mock draft season with my first mock draft. And this is just an initial, just playing around with what I was able to see at the at the uh the the, the you know the senior bowl what i've what i've been hearing and just based off of what i think the steelers needs could fit this is not a final draft or anything it's just a hey first round for the heck of it just fun 
mock draft that we could talk about here and you, I can get back hear back you guys' thoughts on how the Steelers do. We will start up mock draft Monday next week after the Super Bowl. So don't worry, that's coming. But just so y'all see some of my picks and some of the ideas that I've got going down for the Steelers, I got them and this is without any trades, without any, anything crazy, just straight up where their picks are. At 20th in the first round, at Jackson Powers Johnson, he fell to the, he fell to. Them. I use the PFF mock draft simulator, by the way. Um, the, I, the Jackson Powers Johnson, center out of, out of Oregon, just perfect fit. I think that's a great that's a great pick for the Steelers. If he's there, you take him. Second round, Patrick Paul, tackle out of Houston. I think he could be a really good complement to Broderick Jones. Fifty two, good value. Get him right there. Third round, I do think they're going to try to take a wide receiver um, somewhere earlier in this draft. And Roman Wilson was there in the third round. I don't know if he'll actually be there, but if he is, I think that'd be a heck of a pick and a perfect fit for them. Then remember, in the fourth round, they got with their trade. I think it was with Kevin Dotson. They got a fourth round pick um, back for him, so they have back to back picks at one nineteen and one twenty. And I went and took addressed the secondary twice. Jaden Hicks, safety out of uh, out of Washington State, bigger body guy who who I think could try to help uh, with a strong safety position to free up Mika Fitzpatrick. And then I got Kyrie Jackson, the cornerback out of or Oregon, who I was telling you guys about. He's six three, long armed, good athlete. He's a guy that I think if you can bring in, he could be. He's just like the type of Joey Porter Jr. And Corey Trice, another long-armed, athletic cornerback who can be sticky in coverage and and tough to and tough to shake off. Then rounding out, I got Tyron Hopper as a linebacker out of Missouri. Not gonna pretend like I studied this guy a whole lot. Just think linebacker would be another thing they could add to. And then Tory Taylor, a punter out of Iowa. Again, not gonna pretend and lie to y'all like I study punters or anything like that. But I figure if he play, if he punts for Iowa, he's got to be good because Iowa punts a lot, and they need a punter in pittsburgh so anyways there's my first mock draft let me know what you think if you agree if what you do again we will start up our mock draft mondays where you all submit your mock drafts to me on twitter and the locked on steelers facebook group uh and then we'll get you on the show with, with that way uh week in and week out so stay tuned for those but we have a lot more to talk about we're taking a lot more of your calls in the show three calls in particular that we bring up today to answer a lot of your questions stay here on the locked on steelers podcast we still got a lot to cover But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by DoorDash. Why root for your team on an empty stomach? You can order DoorDash now and save on all your foot football watch party favorites, especially for the Super Bowl. Order pizza, wings, pop, burgers, any, or even just the buns or any ingredients you want to make something for the Super, Super Bowl party right here with DoorDash. Personally, I like to order Big Shot Bob's or Permanis, get them, get them straight to my door, get me ready so I'm good to go and can sit on the couch and enjoy great food with a great game, and that all can happen with DoorDash. Download DoorDash as an app to your phone, and right now, new customers get up to 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download DoorDash app, just enter the code LOCKED23, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, Two, three, subject to change, terms and conditions apply. If you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with over with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders when you get a Dash Pass membership. Get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch the Super Bowl. Again, you can get 50% off up to, on your first order. Or no, get to 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you sign up for DoorDash, download the DoorDash app today and Enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms, and conditions apply. We're also brought to you by 
eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience, that's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for, and with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is, is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices that you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay's guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our show here today. Um, let's get into some of your calls. As always, you can call into the show, 412-223-6644. Get your, get, get, when you call in, get sure to leave your name, where you're from, and keep your question under a minute. We've we got a lot to get into here, so let's start with some questions here. We've got a friend, Kevin from Toledo, asking a question about Mike Tomlin's coaching, offensive coordinator hiring history. And this call came before Arthur Smith was the pick. But I still think it was it, it brings up an interesting discussion point. Here's Kevin. Uh, yeah, this is Kevin from Toledo. Uh, my question that I have for you is, knowing uh, the history, especially under Mike Tomlin, uh, how confident are you that we will make the right selection at uh, offensive coordinator? I know as, under Bill Coward, he always kept a high-powered staff on both sides of the ball, especially coordinators. And I just want to know how confident are you are you and Mike Tomlin making the right selection uh, and for OC, you know, and I mean, I don't agree with the DC either, but we're talking about OC right now. Uh, thanks. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Appreciate your question, Kevin from Toledo. All right, let's get into this. So Mike Tomlin, it's less about the history it's, it itself, because if you look at the recent history, you don't like it because Matt, Matt Cannon and Randy Feekner are the last two. But that's also half of the coordinators that Mike Tomlin's hired the last two that the other two that he that he had in the organization Bruce Arians who he could have uh, sent packing when he, when he arrived to Pittsburgh but instead he promoted him from I think it was receivers coach to, to offensive coordinator really worked for the Steelers you know Ben Roethlisberger really trusted him and he developed an offense that worked and they won a Super Bowl with him um, Todd Haley came in uh, he also was another great addition and I thought he improved Ben Roethlisberger's career has got some of his best numbers overall um, and if you look at the di- I think the, the difference here uh, between those guys and Feetner, I think Bruce Arians was a lot more proven uh, than say a Matt Canada he's he's very much very similar to Feetner in that he was around the Steelers for a while but Todd Haley's an experienced offensive coordinator who tried to be a head coach didn't work came back um, went back to trying to be an OC and that's very much what Arthur Smith is like. And if that's the kind of coach that the Steelers are hiring, I think that there's reason to believe that, Hey, there's, you can, you can put some faith in like, maybe this guy is going to be a quality OC for the Steelers. I think there's some people who are going to be hung up on saying like, wait a second, Matt Canada stunk. Why would you ever trust this organization? Or whoever was involved with that again, I still think there were some different circumstances going on with Matt Canada. One, Randy Feekner, when he was when he was brought up to the to the Steelers OC position, it was specifically what Ben Roethlisberger wanted. It was his guy. These guys worked together. 
they were uh, they, they were close. And Ben Roethlisberger wanted a guy who could tailor the offense around him and basically it be Ben's offense when it when Randy Feekner was there. And when Matt Canada took over, I doubt that Matt Canada actually had much control of everything when he first took over on, on the scene. But when it became his offense after Ben Roethlisberger left, still didn't really get anything good of him. And that was not uh, that was part of the organizational problems that they that they had. And I think that the Steelers needed a guy who wouldn't be an experiment, a guy who's been proven in the NFL as an OC and is respected for that. And that's who Arthur Smith is. So if you're judging Arthur Smith based off of Matt Canada, I understand you're a Steelers fan. You're probably panicking there, but I don't think that that's a, that a logical approach here. I think the logical approach is to look at what the Steelers have done with former offensive coordinators. And on the note of, you know, of Bill Cowher and offensive coordinators, Bill Cowher didn't exactly have, you know, elite offensive coordinators all, all the time. You know, I think he, he started off Ron Earhart. That was a good one. He, he was through the early to mid nineties, uh, get some good things there. Chan Gailey was a decent one, but Ray Sherman wasn't really good in 1998, only lasted a season. Kevin Gilbride wasn't really good in 99 and 2000. I really liked Mike Mularkey and Ken Wisenhunt did, did, didn't work out so, or did work out. So um, th those, they did some good, some bad, uh, just like Mike Tomlin, Arians and Haley good, uh, Canada and Feekner bad. So I think it's just a mix of things. I think it's also dependent on your talent because you know what, maybe uh, maybe, uh, you know, Mike Malarkey just came at the right time for a lot of those weapons maturing. Alan Fanica was coming up. Cordell Stewart was playing better. Heinz Ward was stepping up. Plaxico Burris was emerging. That was a good time for the offense. And maybe if like Kevin Gilbride had, you know, had, you was stuck around, maybe it would have gotten there. Um, but I think that right now, Arthur Smith, he's again, a guy that fits the guy that fits the, the, he's the kind of coordinator that could, that can work with the talents the Steelers have had and has a good track record of getting those guys to perform. Well, uh, when you look back at how the Titans offense ran then. So um, I, I, I think I, I think if I was, if I was to look at Mike Thomas history and use that to justify anything moving forward, I would say, you know, Hey, it's a, it's a mixed, it's a mixed pass, but I do think that there's merit to when they make this kind of a hire, it's been successful. Let's keep rolling with the questions here. Um, let's go with another coaching related thing. And that comes from Shay in Cal in Los Angeles. Hey Chris, how are you doing? My name is Shay. I'm from, I'm calling from Los Angeles, California. My question is, is definitely about our offensive coordinator position. Um, of course, uh, we still got to do some research and everything, but Arthur Smith, what is the um, – I keep hearing a rumor that he's coming in with a package deal and he might bring Mike Munchuk. So I want to know your opinion. And if he is the one, I wouldn't be surprised because, look, the name is not sexy, but his experience um, is really um, very valuable. And he's bringing in somebody that um, used to work for us. And when Mike Munchuk was here, we had the best offensive line. So I just want your opinion. And what do you hear about that or is that just a rumor? Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate you for calling in, Shay. Um, remember, call in 412-223-6644 to get your question on the show, just like Shay uh, and, and Kevin here. So here's the thing. I I've heard that this is an idea. I don't think it's a given thing that Mike Munchak would be coming back to the Steelers. One, I, I think that Pat Myers kind of done a good job bring make, you know, make, getting improvement out of young guys like Broderick Jones, like James Daniels, guys that they've developed. And the offensive line has improved in his time. I, I think that the thing that people forget with Mike Munchak is that like Mike, when Mike Munchak took over, he was coming into like the Steelers investing into guys like Pouncey and DeCastro and Gilbert. And he had a great quarter work with, and that allowed for him to kind of do work, work his, work, you know, his, his, his stuff on that group um and it might not have necessarily gone as well if it's probably the guys that they had in the early 2020s 
uh, you know, that, that haven't, that didn't work out. So um, all that, to, all that to say, I, I think that Mike Munchak, if he came back great, but I also don't think that it's a necessary thing. I think the state, the biggest thing is get this, get the Steelers a center and a tackle. And I think Pat Meyer with the things that he's done so far for the offensive line, I think you can see a continued upward trajectory for that group. Um, and they'd play well. And again, I'm not saying don't bring back Mike Munchak. I just don't think it's the must have move that some people make it out to be. Um, I think that the Steelers offensive line, just with a couple more really good play, you know, really good draft picks, they're right in the mix for that. I think in a few years, they'd be in conversations to be among the best offensive lines in football, because I think Broderick Jones is that good. I think James Daniels is a really good right guard right now. Um, and if they got, I got a Jackson Powers Johnson and like one other good left tackle or a good right tackle, whatever, wherever Broderick Jones wouldn't be. And if Sale Malo stick still around, that group could be punishing people and uh, develop a really strong reputation, which is what I think the Steelers team need. But again, I'm not against Mike Munchak. I just don't know if it's exactly going to happen. So last question here goes to Nate Glass. And this is another Arthur Smith related question via someone he has a connection to. Take it away, Nate. Hey, Chris. Nate Glass from California. With our new signing of uh, Arthur Smith, I want to get your thoughts on possibly um, us bringing a veteran quarterback. One that I have in mind is Ryan Tannehill. He'll be 35 years old, but uh, he knows Arthur Smith's offense, and I think he could be a pretty good mentor to Kenny. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Do you think the Steelers should bring in Ryan Tannehill as um, competition slash, you know, that quarterback whisperer for uh, for Kenny Pickett since he knows Arthur Smith's offense and that Arthur Smith is our current offensive coordinator? Thanks for taking my call. Have a good day. Thank you, Nate. Nate's one of our faithful callers. I made calls all the time. Uh, thank you, Nate, for calling in and getting your, your thoughts on the show. Okay, so – um, to answer Nate's question, I want to look at at Ryan Tannehill. He'll be 36 next season. Um, if the Steelers could get him for say five to seven million dollars, that'd be cool. But I'm not so sure that he that he might go for that. He might he might get some more money elsewhere. I also think that he would be a good mix with a guy like Mason Rudolph because if the Steelers were able to get both those guys, that'd be really good. But I here's my thing, and I've said this before. I'm not 100% sure that Mason Rudolph won't get a better contract offer from somewhere else. I think that the Steelers should make considerable efforts to keep him. And if they did see if they could get another a guy in Ryan Tannehill, that wouldn't be expen- that wouldn't be too expensive. But I think Tannehill would work out. Um, you know, he's a guy that knows Arthur Smith, knows his system. Um, there could be a rekindling there. And if especially if you don't get Mason Rudolph, I think Ryan Tannehill should be the move. Cut Mitch Trubisky, bring in Ryan Tannehill, and maybe draft like a day three quarterback uh, in the NFL draft. Um, but uh, it, Ryan Tannehill isn't some superstar, and he's not going to fix everything, nor is he going to be the guy for you. But in his two years with Arthur with, with, with Arthur Smith, if you go back to um, those two years with the, with the Titans, he had pass ratings of 117.5 and 106.5. Those are higher passer ratings in those two years than any years that Ben Roethlisberger had. And listen closely. I am not saying that Ryan Tannehill is in any way comparable to Ben Roethlisberger. Because I know some of you are going to mishear that and think I'm saying that. And I'm not. But my point is, if you look at, at how he was productive in Arthur Smith's system, there's a reason to say, hey, 
This could be a system for a steady quarterback. Ryan Taylor was never a superstar. He was never a guy that was considered among the among the elite. And I think there was a, a point there in 2019 or 2020 where people wondered it for maybe two weeks and then realized, oh, no, 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 that's the system and Derrick Henry, and that's what he's just playing well, well in that. But he could be an example to Kenny Pickett or to whoever you want your quarterback to be of what that could be and how to work with that and how to work with Arthur Smith. So it's a good question from Nate. If they don't get Mason Rudolph, I think Ryan Tannehill should be a prime move. And I don't I don't think he'd be that expensive of a guy. If they do get Mason Rudolph, see how much Ryan Tannehill costs. And if he's a little too much because you don't want to sink too much money into two backup quarterbacks, uh, then you go and draft your guy. But that's how I think they should handle the Ryan Tannehill situation. Again, don't misquote me on the Ben Roethlisberger stuff. Anyways, let's get to our last segment here. It's going to be final grades on the linebackers, the off-ball linebackers specifically, which gets a question going on who they should bring back moving forward. All that here and more on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter. Stick with us. We'll be right back. But first, I want to remind you that this show is also sponsored by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in America. Right now, new customers can get $200 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about getting the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And the best place to do that is on FanDuel because there's so many ways to win at the end of the season. You can win with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown. Who scores a touchdown force? First, how many points will we score? How many field goals will we kick? There's um, just so many prop bets that you can go right now and explore and find for you to stack up your best parlays for Super Bowl Sundays. And new customers join today and you'll get $200 off in, uh, or $200 back in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 uh, $5 or more wins. Just, just just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Uh, let's get into these final grades here. We've been doing our series. We're coming to a close here soon. We have these guys, the edge rushers, and then I think the specialists are the last three groups that I have not done yet. So just a reminder, after every game, if you follow the show all season long, we had grades where you got either one to three stars or one to three skulls. Stars good, skulls bad, you get it to say. So what I did was I tally up at the end of the season who has the more star skulls and, of course, bus tickets for absolutely terrible play, which there were some people who who got that, that grade, including one in this group. So let's get into some of those guys because the Steelers played a lot of linebackers this year. These are the ones who got graded, so let's take a look at them first. Let's start with Miles Jack, who came in uh, to, this, to the Steelers season this year. And I thought Miles did okay for what he was asked for. Now, I think that if Miles Jack had a larger sample size, it would have been tougher on him because teams could have picked him in a little bit more because, you know, he just got off of, you know, doing normal life things and not being an NFL linebacker. But when he was in three scars, three stars, one skull, not bad. That's good enough for a C plus. You know, he was a good guy to bring in there. I'm not sure the Steelers should try to bring him back and, just keep rekindling that. Uh, but, you know, for a guy who came in because the Steelers were decimated injury at this position, uh, I think he did pretty well for himself. Other guys who fit in there, um, Michael Walker, two two stars, five skulls, gave him a C- on the year for that. 
again, a practice. You know, he was a practice squatter, younger, uh, and like he got in good position at times. You know, he was he's a guy who missed some tackles in some key key spots, and he's not anybody that's going to be a game changer. But I, I think that he was reliable enough that as a fourth or fifth option, he was serviceable, and you could live with that. I think that that was that was okay. You know, and you know, not not a plus player, but not a big minus player either. And that's what you need on your practice squatter sometimes, just guys who can hold the line. Now. One guy that has been a very interesting player for to follow as far as how Steelers fans feel about him is Mark Robinson. Now, if you remember Mark Robinson, he was the seventh-round pick a couple years back, um, a guy who converted from running back to linebacker late in his college career and was still figuring things out. On the year, I gave him five stars and five skulls, but he also had a bus ticket game because he was really bad on some games. Mark Robinson, and that's, by the way, it's good enough for a D-plus because of the bus ticket. If, if it was, it would have been a straight C. Um, but – uh, you know, I look at I look at Mark Robinson and this guy when the whole when it's just straight up there's no there's nothing to be confused about it's just straight up it's a dive and the running backs coming right at you and he has a job either take on the fullback or take on the running back um, or, or you know blow somebody up in the hole he is going to win those I'd say eight out of ten times and that's really good you want that but as soon as you start putting him in pass coverage or having him have to decipher things. That's when things are still slowing, still still slowing down for Mark, and he's kind of you know behind the steps there. And that's not a the thing you can have from your linebackers. Your linebackers need to be the quarterbacks of your defense, and that's where he struggled the most. If he can improve at that in the mental side of being a linebacker, he'll be fun because he'll be a heavy hitter and he can grow there. And heck, the Steelers have some veteran linebackers on their roster right now who can help him with that. So in fact, let's get to some of those guys because they're also here too. Now the next two guys, of course. Uh, are kind of limited in their grades because they got hurt early on this year. And we'll start with Cole Holcomb, eight stars, five skulls, a, a C plus. And I, I feel it feels kind of rough on Cole Holcomb because I thought he was good when he was with the Steelers. And if he had had more or early on, I thought he struggled, but he started to find his place in the middle part of the year. And if he had had more time being healthy, I think he would have been a B plus player because he was starting to really put things together for the Steelers when he got injured. But again, you can't that let that erase the early games it just means that, Hey, you know, stacking up on the year, this is where he's at. I think that if he comes back healthy next year and he builds upon where he was, you know, when he got injured uh, at the, you know, in the middle of this past season, I think he'll be a good linebacker for the Steelers and still an asset to the team. That being said, I thought Quan Alexander, the other guy who went down for the whole season, I thought he was kind of, you know, a really good player for the Steelers. Eight stars, two skulls. That's good enough for a B minus grade uh, in, in, in our, in our system. Um, I think that Quan is a heck of an athlete. He's just dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his career. That's the thing that's going to be tough about bringing him back is that if you're bringing him back, you you're, you know that that injury history is there and you're going to be kicking yourself if you lose him again for another whole season because when he went down after Cole Holcomb went down, the Steelers were in a big hurt piece and you cannot put, afford to put yourself in that position again. But the guy who did not, get knocked out for the season, dealt with injuries though. And the guy who I thought was the best linebacker they had was Elandon Roberts. And I had him 18 stars, two skulls. I gave him a B plus. Actually, I think I should I meant to give him an A minus. So actually I'll amend that there. So I gave him an A minus on the year. Landon Roberts was so consistently in the right place uh, for the Steelers. And that was such a bonus. And for me, if I'm the Steelers, I am making sure that this guy is on the roster and, and starting next year um, as right next to Cole Holcomb, because Cole Holcomb's also signed to a decent deal, but he very much embodies the kind of linebacker that you'd want uh, uh, 
a Mark Robinson to learn under and develop into. Uh, he knows how to hit. He knows how to play well. He also knows how to help in the pass defense. He's not a, a, an expert cover linebacker or anything like that. He doesn't have the, the range to cover everybody, but he knows how to put himself in positions to challenge tight ends, running backs, and help in, in the spot without compromising his position in the defense. So that, that being said, the Steelers linebackers, all in all, withstood a lot of injuries this year and deserve credit for that. And I think that if they had stayed healthy, they could have been a bigger asset for the Steelers that might've helped them survive some of the games that they lost in that rough stretch towards the end of the season, uh, where they lost three straight to the Cardinals, the Patriots and, and the Colts. Uh, if they had had those guys, maybe they limit the tight ends a little bit more against the Patriots. Maybe they limit uh, James Conner and, and the tight ends against the Cardinals. That could have been something that ha happened in those games. But that being said, uh, I still think that they were there were some good things there. I think the Steelers still should look in the draft to see if they can add one younger piece in in the into the linebacker room who can learn behind these guys and maybe develop so they don't need a whole bunch of older veterans um, on to be leading the linebackers in 2025. But that being said, this is the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us here. I'm your host Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Find me here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast every Monday through Friday, breaking down your Pittsburgh Steelers. Here, if you're if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate us five stars with a positive comment. Do both at the same time. You get a special shout out at the end of the show. Back tomorrow with Alan Saunders. More here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast.